You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Good morning. Good morning, church. So good to be with you this morning. So good to come around the word together. Well, this morning, um, the title of my message is Serving Others. Um, And, you know, as I was preparing during the week, there was more than one occasion when I was typing on my computer that I typed serving otters. Um, and, you know, they're cool little dudes, but <laughs> I don't think that we're, we're called to serve otters, as cool as they are. Uh, but serving others this morning. So if, if you could have any superpower, um, what would it be? Just think about that, that for a moment. Um, you know, maybe, like, I wouldn't mind being able to teleport because then you don't have to worry about traffic, you don't have to worry about... Like, pl- plenty more time to play Candy Crush Saga if you don't have to travel anywhere. Um, someone I spoke to this week said that they wanted to be a money dispenser and it would like the money would, like, spit out of their mouth. Um, it might be cool to be able to read people's thoughts, but then at the same time, it's probably not, it's probably not very cool either. Um, you know, when we, when we think about these things, um, you know, is it, is it something that would benefit us or is it something that would, would benefit others? Um, and... You know, along the same line, uh, you know, what traits are the ones that we most desire um, in our lives? You know, often it's that we'd be great at leadership, that we'd be more confident, that we'd have more authority in the workplace. Maybe it's that we'd be more physically attractive or stronger. But, you know, do we desire things like that so that we can serve others well or do we desire things like that so that we can serve ourselves well? You know, the example that Jesus gives to us is that we're called to serve each other well. You know, and turning to the Bible in, in Mark 10, we see that James and John, they've come up to Jesus and they're like, when we get to heaven, you know, I'd really love it if you could have chairs right next to you. Um, you know, I'll be on the left and, and John, you can be on the right. You know, they're, they're wanting to lift themselves up to a place of honour. Um, And how does Jesus respond? Well, we'll read from verse 41. It says, When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. I don't know if I've ever been indignant. That's pretty mad. So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. You know, I want to highlight there that even the Son of Man, Jesus himself, came not to be served, but to serve others. You know, and, and we're called to do the same thing. Among you, it will be different. You know, it's God's desire for us to see things differently. And, you know, this isn't something that, that comes naturally to us all the time. But we're called to be like Jesus, living a life that serves those around us. You know, not a life that brings others down, but a life that builds others up. 
You know, I, I believe that for many of us, we, we do desire to be different. We do desire to be like Jesus, but maybe we're not always sure how to do that or what that looks like. But the good news this morning is that God wants to reveal that to us, that through his word and, and through the example that Jesus gave us, that he can take us on a journey and show us how we can take this from a truth that we read to a reality in our lives. So what example did Jesus show us about serving others well? So we see in John 13, this is just before Jesus goes to be crucified. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he'd come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested. You will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord not just my feet. Then in verse 12, it says, After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Now, what an amazing scripture this is. And You know, I believe it's one that reveals God's heart towards his people and the same heart that we're called to show to each other. You know, there's so much truth and revelation that we could probably just pack up and go home now and we'd all receive something from it. But but this morning, what can we learn from Jesus' example? You know, the first thing is that Jesus made a choice to serve others. You know, in that passage, it said Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. So Jesus, this he's been given authority over everything, but he chose to serve the disciples. He didn't choose to to lord his authority over them, but he chose to serve them. And you know, this this act of washing the disciples' feet, it was countercultural. You know, much as it would be today, the act of washing someone's feet is not something that would be done without social implications. You know, you wouldn't have ever found somebody with a, with a quote-unquote higher status washing the feet of someone that's meant to be beneath them. But Jesus didn't hesitate in breaking the mould. Jesus didn't hesitate in putting his authority and his titles and his leadership aside and serving the disciples in that way. You know, our, what does our society tell us? You know, our society tells us that you know, titles are important, that our performance is important, you know, that our value is found in how well we do at things, how, how good we are at aptitude. You know, you might have a job where you have annual performance reviews. You know, maybe you have performance-based pay. You get paid more the more that you sell. You know, our society teaches us that some people are more important than others to put 
people up on a pedestal and look to them as being more important. But this example that Jesus has given to us breaks down these barriers because every individual is of importance in the kingdom of God. Now, can I encourage you this morning that if you don't feel valued, if you don't feel important to God, to know that God values you, that he created you for a purpose, that he's positioned you for a purpose, because the kingdom of God is different to the world that we see around us. The kingdom of God operates in truth, not in what we know in the world. So serving others in the way that God intends can be countercultural. It can go against the mold. It can be different to what we know, different to what we've been taught. But we can trust that God's ways are higher than our ways, that God's plans are, are perfect. And this, this act of serving each other is part of God's plan for his creation. It's part of God's plan for each of us in community because we are created to serve each other. You know, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7 says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. You know, what God has gifted you with, what God has given to you is not only for your own benefit, but it's for the benefit of those around each other so that we can help each other, so that we can serve each other and in doing so serve God. So what can we learn from Jesus' example? Another thing is that Jesus made himself no more important than anybody else. You know, if we, we think about this in the context of the plan that's been laid out for Jesus, you know, he's been tasked with coming to earth and literally being the savior of the world. Like that seems pretty important to me. Like if, if that was your job description, you'd feel pretty important, would, would you not? You know, he's been tasked with creating a pathway for all people to have opportunity for relationship with God. But despite this, he goes out of his way to serve the disciples, to help them. You know, those who he's teaching, those who he's leading and those who he's guiding to serve them, to encourage them, to love them. You know, one of our values as a church is that we value what he values. Now, within this house, within this culture, we value all, love all and believe that is only as all that we truly reflect the image, identity, and character of our creator. You know, we're created to do life together, life in a community that serves each other and encourages each other. You know, Jesus made himself no more important than anybody else. You know, there's moments in our lives where I believe we can see other people as more important than ourselves. You know, we... We hold people in a higher regard than how we see ourselves. But God values each of us equally. We're all important in the kingdom of God. God desires for each of us to understand that we're important to the church. And this morning, I want to encourage you that if, if you've come across people in, in life, in, in church life, in work life, that they've come across as self-important, that they've placed themselves in a position higher than you that know that that's not God's heart. You know, God's heart is for all of us, not just those that position themselves as important. You know, know that we're all valued and that we operate best as the church together, 
serving each other, not serving ourselves. And you know, when, when we live in this, in this space of serving each other, the outcome is joy, the outcome is peace, the outcome is unity. Because God's heart is for us to be together. Because we share a common mission. We can serve each other in the mission that God has given for us. Do you know we're all on the same team? No, we're all on the same team. It's not a competition. And, you know, teams, teams work better when, when they, they're serving each other's goals. You know, you think back to junior sports. You know, I can, did you play basketball when you were a kid, Trent? You did. I, so I can picture Trent in this space. So it's like Trent gets the ball in the defensive half and he dribbles it all the way and misses. Yes? No, you didn't miss, did you? You did. You did miss. Because I've, I've seen a couple of junior basketball games and it's like you get the ball, you shoot the ball. There's like, there's no teamwork involved whatsoever because everybody's just trying to get their own goals. They're not working toward the team's goals. But we work better when we're serving each other and working towards a common goal. You know, and our common goal is to see people experience Jesus, to experience the love that Jesus has for us and have relationship with God. You know, we may have different giftings and strengths. We may have been positioned differently, but we're all working toward the same mission. So a question for us this morning is, how can I serve others with the giftings that God has given to me? Because when we serve each other, it brings about the best outcome. We get a win for the team. Appointments are, are for purpose. You know, where, where God has positioned us, where God has appointed us is, is for purpose. You know, it's never about having authority over other people because God is the one that has authority, amen? But our appointments are about how can we serve people? How can we, how can we lead? How can we encourage people in, in the things of God? And, you know, I'm not just, when I talk about appointments and positions, I'm not talk, just talking about, you know, management positions or, you know, traditionally what we would consider to be leaders, but God has positioned each of us intentionally. You know, God has placed you in a specific place for a specific purpose. And it's important that in our purposes that we don't lose sight of serving others. You know, societally, a, a position is often something that is desired, whether it's a promotion at work or, you know, it's, it's being the captain of the football team. But for what purpose is it desired? Because God has positioned us in places for purpose, whether it's so that you can serve your family better, so that you can serve your community well, so that you can serve your workplace with integrity. You know, God has positioned us to serve others. You know, Jesus had all the authority in the world, but he exercised it in a way that served others, not himself. He could have chosen to be glorified. He could have chosen to be put on a pedestal, but he chose to serve others. 
Now, Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 says, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. You know, what an amazing example. Amazing example that Jesus has given to us. You know, a question for us this morning is, are there times that I'm clinging to my position? Are there times I'm clinging to, to where God has appointed me? You know, maybe that's because our identity is found in it. You know, that we, we find our identity in what we do. You know, I believe that God wants to bring healing to that because God loves us regardless. God's love for us is regardless of what we do. Salvation is by faith alone. You know, maybe, maybe we've learned to hold tightly to these things because of job security. But can I encourage you that the only true place to put our faith in is in God? You know, not in our positions, not in where we've been appointed. You know, Jesus taught us that people are more important than tasks. You know, a, a personal example for me is that sometimes I can, you know, I can get so like focused on what I'm doing that, you know, sometimes I don't even see people walk in the room. Can anyone identify with that? You know, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> but what I'm learning is how can I serve people well while still continuing on the journey, still doing what God has called me to do? Because Jesus had such a great task ahead of him in the, in the passage that we read before. And, you know, if I was in Jesus' shoes, you know, I probably wouldn't have been in the headspace to wash the disciples' feet. You know, when you're thinking about what's like ahead of you, like in a couple of days, you know what's about to happen. But Jesus took the time to serve the disciples despite that because people are more important than, than tasks. Jesus took time to serve others. You know, Philippians chapter 2 says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others as well. You know, that's what I see Jesus doing in, in these examples is take, not looking out for just his own interests, but taking an interest in others too. And we see that countless times through the Gospels that Jesus took the time to spend with people because Jesus took the time to serve others. You know, a question for us this morning is how am I serving others in my daily life? Now, how am I taking the time to serve others? How am I putting others first? Or how am I bringing significance to those around me? And can I encourage you that small things can be significant things? 
You know, the small things that we do to serve each other can make a big difference in the kingdom of God. You know, in Luke chapter 13, verse 18, it says, Then Jesus said, What is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It's like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree, and the birds make nests in its branches. He also asked, What else is the kingdom of God like? It is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. You know, when we take what God has given to us and we serve others with it, it can have a profound impact. Because it's not about the significance of our own actions, but it's about the significance of our actions in the plan of what God is doing. You know, we get to play a part in what God is doing. Isn't that incredible? You know, your, your act of service could be the exact thing that somebody needs. You know, your in small word of encouragement could be the seed that's planted in the soil that God's been preparing for a long time. You know, it's something that I'm choosing to commit to is that in every conversation that I have with someone, my desire is to leave them feeling more encouraged, more uplifted and, you know, just ready to go when we leave that conversation. You know, choosing to see people how God sees them, choosing to see God's plan upon people's lives and encouraging them in that. And a part of this for us is to be receptive to others' encouragement and others' service toward us. You know, in John 13, we saw that Peter protested, no, Jesus, you will never, ever wash my feet. Never, ever. You know, and maybe like myself, you're a bit like Peter as well, that you're not always good at receiving encouragement, that you're not always good at receiving acts of service. You know, this morning I would encourage you that we can ask God why that is. You know, maybe... You know, one of, one of the reasons that God's highlighted to me in my life is that I wasn't seeing myself the way that God saw me. So when people encouraged me in it, it didn't line up, line up. It aligned with the truth that God was speaking over my life, but not the, what I was speaking over my life. So in bringing those into alignment brings about so much healing. Because God values each of us so much. We're each incredibly important in the kingdom of God. And there are no shortcuts to serving others well. You know, has anyone done the 40-hour famine before? You remember the 40-hour famine? I remember when I was, when I was a kid, I did, I did the eight-hour famine because um, that was like when you're like, that was actually a thing, like I'm not making it up. When you were, when you were a small child, you would do the eight-hour famine. But there was a loophole um, because uh, if you've ever done the 40-hour famine, you might know you're allowed to eat barley sugars. So <laughs> I, I must have had like two packets in the, in the eight hours. And, you know, I learned my lesson because I actually like I asphyxiated one and I had to like, yeah, it wasn't great. That's um, what you get for trying to get out of something on a technicality. You know, we see um, a, a story like this from the Bible that, um, Jesus has just been asked what the greatest commandment is and, you know, to love 
love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and to love your neighbor as yourself. And, you know, the, the Pharisee comes to Jesus and I think he's trying to find a loophole because he's like, so Jesus, who exactly is my neighbor? He's like, maybe it's just the person that lives next to me. And Jesus replies with, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up and left him, for, left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him, going over to him. The Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who attacked, was attacked by the bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. You know, I think the, the Pharisee was looking for a loophole in defining who neighbor, who is my neighbor. But Jesus showed that loving your neighbor is about serving all people. But I think most importantly, this passage speaks to the heart of the individual. You know, the Pharisee believed that he was doing the right thing because he was a follower of the law. But at the same time, he was filled with pride. He was filled with self-righteousness. You know, what was in the Pharisee's heart? Was he serving others well or was he just serving his own self-righteousness? Because in the end, what matters? His heart matters. And God sees your heart. God understands your heart. And he wants to show you his heart as well. God wants to reveal his heart to you for yourself. He wants to reveal his heart to you for all people. And it's out of the overflow of that understanding that we can serve others well. You know, John 3.16, well-known scripture says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's how much God loved the world. You know, it's from that same heart, that same understanding and revelation that we're called to serve others. You know, when our heart aligns with God, you know, we overflow with service. So what is God calling us to today? You know, I believe that a couple of things for us to allow God to process us in is to ask him that we would understand the motivation behind Jesus's actions, that we would have a revelation of the why behind Jesus washing the disciples' feet, that we'd be able to show these same acts of service to those around us in our own lives, and that we would walk together as a body of believers in one heart, in one mind, you know, on the same team together on the mission. So let's pray this morning. Lord God, I thank you that you're speaking to us. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're giving us revelation, that you're helping us to understand the heart of God. God, I pray that even now that you would begin to speak to us, 
God, that you would speak to us about how we can serve others well. God, that how we can work together on the mission that you have given to us. God, and I pray that, God, that if there are any moments that stirred hearts in this sermon this morning, Holy Spirit, that you would minister to people in this place. God, that you would bring about healing, that you would bring about restoration. You know, church, we're just going to take a couple of moments to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us. So can I encourage you to open your hearts to Him? Just open your hearts and allow Him to minister to you. Allow Him to speak into your heart this morning. Just as you're in this moment this morning, I encourage you, it's not just a wonderful message this morning. It's the cornerstone of our faith. Jesus came to serve others. It's what the Christian faith and discipleship is all about. And this morning's message, we can hear it, we can take it in. But this morning, what are we going to do with it? Where are we going to take it? Where are we going to exercise it? Where are we going to put action to it? I want to encourage each and every single one of us this morning that the first place that it should start is in your family. That's the first place it should start. You can do great things for everybody else. But if it doesn't start within our family first, it's all for nothing. We can gain, we can gain the world, but if we lose our family by not serving them and loving them well, What's the use? It's all for nothing. So with humility, with hearts surrendered to God, our hearts cry this morning should be, Holy Spirit, let me action this on a daily basis in my family. And when I'm, when I'm doing that well, let me take it outside of my family. Let me take it to my community. Let me take it to my workplace. Let me take it to my school, my university. Wherever my feet may tread, let me serve others well. Now, if this is if this is relevant for you this morning, just where you are, can you just lift your hands to Jesus? I think it's relevant for every. If, if it's the cornerstone of our faith to serve others as Jesus served, Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray for every single person in this space this morning with their hands raised, with their hearts raised to you, Father God. God, I pray, give every single person the boldness the strength, the resilience to implement new actions for their family and for those around them. That the Holy Spirit and power would come upon you to activate serving others as Christ served others. God, I pray for, for years and years and years, many of us have served ourselves and I pray healing to our hearts and our minds. And I pray your strength to undo those practices that we've outworked for so long. We need your strength and your power, Holy Spirit, to break those things and implement the ways of Jesus in our lives and our families. Holy Spirit, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on every single person represented in this place. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Now this morning, just before we finish up, uh, we, we love doing this in our church services. We love making a way for people to find Jesus, to be known by God, to be loved by God, to serve others well. Ultimately, we need to be saved and redeemed by Jesus. Otherwise, it's just good and kind works, which is awesome, but it's not as good as serving others from a place of being redeemed and loved by Jesus. You know, Jesus' ultimate serving of others was to go to the cross, go to the grave and rise again on the third day. Why? For the restoration and forgiveness of our souls so that we could be known and loved by God. In one of the scriptures that Bevan read out this morning was, unless I wash you, you will never belong to me. That's Jesus. That's what he says to each and every single one of us. See, in that passage of Scripture, it's talking about washing someone's feet. But in the bigger scheme of things, what it was really about was washing our souls so that we could be loved and known and forgiven by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So Jesus going to the cross and rising again was a pathway for you and I to come into relationship with Him so that all humanity could be washed clean, forgiven, And so I put it to you this morning, this is your opportunity to be known, loved, and forgiven by God. So just with our eyes closed for a moment this morning, if if God's speaking to you, you don't know Him personally. Maybe you've attended church for a long, long time, but you've never come to a place where you're like, God, I surrender my heart to You. Forgive me of my sins. I want to be known and loved as Your son, as Your daughter. You're watching online. This is for you as well. Don't let this moment escape you. If that's you this morning, this this is what I want to do. I just want to pray a prayer. And it's a prayer of coming to God. It's a prayer of saying, I can't do this on my own. I can only do this if I'm forgiven and washed by Jesus alone. Church, can you pray this prayer with me? If you're praying this prayer for the first time or you've been off in your own journey for all, pray this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you went to the cross, went to the grave and rose again on the third day for the forgiveness of my sins. God, thank you for sending Jesus. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you raised him for the forgiveness of my sins. I surrender my heart to you From this day on, you're Lord of my life and I'm following you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.